everybody, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brad Reynolds Ford. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. Hello, people at home. I hope you're doing good. Fucking sucks being in a police state. Shitty. I don't know. It's nice to see uh, any response at all or any movement whatsoever. That's where we're at, though, is why I go, it sucks to be in a police state, and you have to go, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> as like the, the reasoned middle ground. Oh, you know, there's pluses. There's pros and cons to it. Like, I, it yeah, Con, I guess that's true. You might true. get beaten because you walked outside at 8.05 p.m. Pro, uh, people seem to be recognized that that's a bad thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people living in New York with elevated... Uh, extremely elevated rents who are wondering why the fuck they're paying all that money where they not only can they not go enjoy the things that make living geographically close to New York worthwhile, uh, but if they attempt to, they'll be savagely beaten for seemingly no no reason whatsoever. Oh, and if you try to order delivery thinking, I'll just make a night of it in. Oh, well, your delivery driver will probably be savagely beaten. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see harassed by the cops, the exact like New York City media elite that are normally complaining about their delivery drivers who are being harassed by the cops, <laughs> uh, being harassed by the cops. It's nice. <laughs> Uh, I mean, de Blasio did just as of this recording, so Sunday night, uh, lifted the the curfew. So uh, not because I think he's learned anything, purely because it has just failed miserably. I didn't know that. That's that's good. I mean, again, I haven't been paying attention this last day because just there's it's relentless and it never gets better. But I'm glad the curfew's over because that was that was a tough one. Curfew's over in New York. It looks like uh, there might be a big shakeup in the NYPD as well uh de blasio is still hanging out though so you know this man has gotten literally he's done a trifecta he uh slept through a 9-11 memorial in staten island <laughs> I forgot about that. then he went to the funeral of two slain police officers that was ge- genuinely like a freak tragic thing yeah. just some mentally ill person shot two cops in their car and uh, because de Blasio had ever uh, said publicly, like, yeah, you know, I, I give my black son the, the talk. You know, I let him know that be careful around police. At the funeral for the officers, they all turned their back on Bill de Blasio. Yeah, Every that was officer. like a year or two into his. They're uh, like, there's blood on your hands, sir. And since then, they've just been crazy. And now at the George Floyd Memorial in Cadman Park uh, in Brooklyn, anti-police, police reform people turned their backs on him. <laughs> He's just a constituency of none. Universally loathed. That's that's our mayor. If he resigns, Jumani Williams takes over, which like, you know, is still a politician, but a significant an actual no. black activist that gets arrested at events long before it was fashionable to do yeah. so. So all he has to do is stop stop being mayor, and it would be a step up from anything he can do now. But God be a huge improvement for everybody. I'm glad I'm glad he removed the curfew, I guess, because that was Fucking stupid. Absolutely senseless. Just a pretense for random people uh, to get beaten up. We literally had a, a. It's hard to say who's suffered most in these trying times, but we had a moment where I wanted to order a, a fudgy the whale <laughs> cake because it's an intellectual property, the consumption of which I, I feel or I am convinced brings me joy, or at least some sort of balm from the harsh realities of. What we all deal with every single day. And so I thought, I want to fudge you the whale. I'll go on seamless and get a Carvel delivery of fudge you the whale. But it was 8.45 p.m. So I had to carefully weigh the moral calculus of <laughs> how likely is my already exploited bicycle courier to be, how likely is he to be physically beaten delivering this fudge you the whale. And I decided... You don't whatever that percent was, it was too it too close for comfort. <laughs> I'm gonna say if it was zero or not zero, but I'm just gonna say there's a lot of people, middle of the road people, New York liberals that are doing that calculus for the first time. And uh yeah, that's I guess that's what happens when you go outside. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a confusing time. I don't like seeing actual journalists get like beaten up on the street. You know, it's, it's seeing like delivery drivers who have the 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 thing on their phone, the little applet that says, look, I'm making a delivery. I'm, I'm, I'm delivering someone's dinner. I'm allowed to be here. Getting knocked over is depressing. People just trying to get home from work, getting arrested and knocked down and clubbed. Uh, not good. And every New York-based journalist, it seems, who has actually gone outside has just been randomly 
brutalized or knocked down. Or I mean, showing the press badge is just like singling yourself out. It's like, At oh, point, yeah. don't do that, right? I don't like seeing that. But it, it has been very elucidating seeing all the like journalists that don't go outside who have blue checks and like op-ed pages yeah. just grappling with the best way to do nothing about this <laughs> what's the best way to signal that you care with a platitude without actually supporting anything meaningful just just a whole lifetime's worth of, of reading lit crit and all these fucking books so that you can perfectly tear apart any sort of impetus for going outside and, and moving the needle forward like I don't understand how you can be someone that fancies themselves a progressive and just sit inside and be like, aha, well, this this spontaneously generated mass of popular discontent, they aren't doing things precisely as I think maybe they should have. Ergo, I'm going to pen an essay and stay on the sidelines until things are better. It's such a weird but illuminating response. I mean, the one where they all try to default into like, Violence is never the answer. It's only ever nonviolent is irritating for a number of reasons for me. Like one, do you believe that the military should exist? Uh, and do you think cops should have guns and billy clubs? If yes, then you do think violence is occasionally a solution to problems. So then the question is not, is nonviolence the only way it's when is violence the answer? Second of all, nonviolence doesn't mean cooperating with the fucking police. Those are two goddamn different things. Nonviolence and protesting still means causing problems, just not causing problems by beating people or burning things. It's still getting in people's way, fucking shit up, making headaches for the police, not listening to them and just packing things up because they went, yo, this is inconveniencing me. Could you fuck off now? Like those uh, seeing supposedly, um, big air quotes on supposedly smart uh, progressives or smart media people support that shit is so bullshit and it's nice to finally see them get called out maybe not consistently but more and more just getting absolutely shit on when they do performative bullshit like that and it, that honestly has been like the most encouraging thing is watching politicians try their usual shtick of like well I'm going to say nothing at all while pretending to be sympathetic and then everybody will love me and watching an entire crowd of people like they did with the mayor of Minneapolis be like well, well then get the fuck out if you don't have a yes or no to what you're going to do about this problem then get the fuck out it doesn't even make logical sense anymore if, if you're a technocrat like if you're the type of person that, that goes well it's just we need small tweaks right you're like for lack of a better term like you're warren person if you're like this you know what we have a system that can be so good for so many people we just need these small tweaks you know if we have if we have to be smart we don't have a lot of political capital but if we just put our if we put our thumb on the pinball machine and tilt it just a little bit i think we can squeeze something through uh we did that approach for decades and it got us you know some some gains. I mean, thank God Joe Biden's brain was melted enough back in the day to uh, pull Barack Obama on the side of gay marriage. That's a that's a real social progress we did there. But one week of just sort of holding up signs and running through the streets and saying enough has gotten way more police reform than like what is the incrementalist game plan to get just as far as we've gotten in the last week? And how long would you have said it would have taken? And how exactly would you have gotten there? And how many people would have fallen by the wayside in that time? Just based on outcomes and, and outputs. Yeah, direct action seems, got the goods. Seems like direct action got, got the goods here. So I, I don't understand all those people that are like, I know, but still, I, I like it my way. Other than you are just being selfish. And just admit what you are. You can be selfish. It's fine. Most people are selfish. Yeah, you're, you're, stop you're pretending. Yeah, you're just you're just looking for a way to not go outside and, and feel good about things. Like you're you're a gamer. You, you, you're a different sort of gamer. <laughs> you're a gamer. That's fine. I'm gonna judge you a little bit, but I mean that's where when the answer to the whole like, uh, well, what do I do? How do I get involved? It's so all over the place. Just you know, you go down and and someone will point in the right direction. There's certainly a lot of people doing a lot of things that need a lot of people. So just just go outside and things will sort themselves out from there. Don't you worry. But that is so clearly the answer just because the liberal response is so clearly not. Do you see the number the number one movie being streamed is The Help? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. That is the <laughs> yeah, on Netflix. The the liberal response is write a medium post and watch The Help. It's fucking incredible. That actually that's not made up. That's the real thing. God. And now that I know that like 
that's what the incrementalists are doing and the people who are like unrealistic are actually in the streets getting reforms for whatever you wherever you think that should go have have fun but i think on just a first order level of analysis probably go with the people getting things done that model in the future for whatever else you claim uh they have or have not accomplished Minneapolis city of Minneapolis did in fact vote to completely abolish the police in Minneapolis and replace them with something else that happened today. It passed and it's veto proof. So I don't know how, where it goes from there. Maybe it gets all fucked up. It's hard to rely on political things to work out well, but like anybody see that happening from an incrementalist point of view, that that occurring anytime in our lifetime, if left to the devices of the people who always claim to know better, because I don't fucking see that happening. Look, I'm not saying it's bad to watch The Help. <laughs> I if, am. If you watch The Help and then go outside, that's awesome. I'm glad you did both those things. That's cool. <laughs> but if you just watch The Help, that is incredible. <laughs> You're just telling on yourself to like the nth degree. I want everyone who watched The Help over the last week but didn't go outside in any meaningful way I want you to write an essay on who you think MLK's white moderate was. <laughs> Name names like in Dante's Inferno. I want you to pick a stable of people and say these are sort of who the white currently existing are. people. I was on Pornhub.com this last week. <laughs> yeah. Does doesn't matter why. For look for as much as it affects you, uh, I was I was researching a book <laughs> on wanking. <laughs> doesn't matter it's not gonna affect your life who cares and i clicked the trending tab because i'm a man of the people <laughs> i don't pretend i always have the answers sometimes <laughs> doesn't all have to be weird eastern european stuff sometimes i want to escape the hoi polloi <laughs> or go to the hoi polloi i don't know what vaguely victorian racist term for <laughs> the elites or not elites is useful here but i went to the trending tab to see what the kids were up to. Just to something I do every once in a while. Sure. You know, it's like, oh, kids, I guess they're into the stepdads right now for some <laughs> reason. And I saw two videos that I really thought laid bare the, the situation in America. One video just said, sucking cock for BLM. <laughs> it was doing pretty well. That was a compilation of, uh, it says, it does what it says on the tin, I'll be honest. <laughs> And then the one right next to it, as if opposed in dialectic, was a uh, black protester beaten by huge white cocks. <laughs> it's the dialectic in porn form. <laughs> and I just really thought, like, this is this is America. No one's going outside. There, there's snipers on top of the GameStop. The Help is the number one movie in America. And we have not enough polling sites, but we're going to war over sucking cock for BLM <laughs> and black protester. And you know what's sad is even as I'm, I'm, I've made content out of it, even as I've engaged more deeply with that and for longer, I've been on this riff for probably about 90 seconds. I, imagine. <laughs> I don't know what the national average is, but I'm getting more out of it than, than I imagine many did. I didn't actually check to see what the results were. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to admit, I just went like, oh, buddy, <laughs> not my problem. Nope. I'm here to see a CGI Widowmaker, and none of my business. I'll just pass on through. CGI Widowmaker. Uh. It, it's just a person. It's just at the end of the day, we're on, you know, you might be on one side. I might be on Most Americans are just wanking. <laughs> and it's why going outside is so important, because, Brett, like you said, direct action gets the goods. Like, not only is our protest movement usually anemic here in america but because of that our bosses are weak as shit too you understand in in like france if the the train drivers the the locomotive union goes on strike like your average tuesday you come into the office ah oh, fucking four the forklifts are on fire ah, gig hey you fucking scamps i'm still not paying you <laughs> right here one week of holding placards sort of aggressively uh has most Burning people three cop cars has people going like oh fuck what is yeah what do you want fine like it's the bar is so low that doing anything is liable to get the goods so i mean it's really time of confusion but also a time of great clarity because almost anything 
uh, is better than the feckless wanking that we've come to let dictate our national dialogue. I mean, legitimately, this is the largest and longest lasting protest since civil rights, which uh, it's only been two weeks. That that to me is less of a like, yes, that's great. Great job, everybody. Also sort of an indictment of how bad the last 50 years have been, huh? 60 years, excuse me. Kind of garbage. Uh, we can step it up. So proud of all the millennials and the Zoomers who actually can do shit. Gen X, go fuck yourself. The bar is so low. Like the targets are so soft. The bar is so low that any sort of civil disobedience uh, is likely to get a disproportionate response. Now, the bad news is the the forces of reaction, I think, are going to come back real strong. But we have learned something and especially the younger generations, absolutely indelible from this protest movement. And that is you can actually do things beyond what the boomers running the political system tell you. They said it was one way, and they want it to be one way, but it turns out it's the other. And if you didn't recognize the quote, congratulations, you're not Gen X. You're a better person. <laughs> I'm not Gen X, but I just have to throw that out every once in a while just... <laughs> just clarify it's it's the wire it's sort of something it's it was back on hbo sort of a mating ritual for guys with glasses <laughs> uh, uh yeah i mean the the other big thing that's God, other big thing there's like eighty thousand big things going on right now uh one of the other sounds like your mom at a car park <laughs> <laughs> one of the other before. things going on with this like so in what so in new york obviously the cops are just beating people less tear gassing other things but what we haven't had to deal with any national guard or active duty military called in and dc where i was living for a number of years has had everything everything under the sun got called into dc because president big boy uh pissed his pants and sonic knuckles dr robotnik <laughs> the the birdo greedo <laughs> keep going plo coon <laughs> he was the yellow lightsaber Jedi on the Jedi Council. He got called in. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. He's in the National Guard, but it's hard to make ends meet. His <laughs> security for his family. Wanted to 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 talk about that for a minute because like it, it's a really odd thing to call in to call in active duty to deal with protests and quote unquote riots is an insane thing. Calling in National Guard is already a pretty fucking extreme. Like Within American history, that's only happened so many times, like the L.A. riots, uh, the Kent State thing, which, hey, by the way, the National Guard ended up killing people, so not didn't really work out great there, did it? I just want to give you a sense of like who the fuck these people are, because they are not the cops, right? And I don't really think the approach should be the same. Guard specifically is a thing where you join the military under a specific branch, you pick a job, just like you would do if you were active duty. So you get a job, uh, you go to basic training with everybody else. And then after that, things get different. Um, you are attached to a unit in a state. So most of it, there is a national guard, but most of it is you are responding to the governor. The governor is the one who's in charge, who largely sends you out. They're called in, national guards usually called in for natural disasters, right? Up until George Bush, uh, they almost never deployed and you almost never activated, right? So when you don't deploy or get activated for natural disasters, or in this case, riots, you only do that job one week in a month. That's the whole pitch of the guard is that you get to be part of the military, but you only got to do it one week in a month. You go and do a bunch of trainings, a bunch of bullshit, you put on the uniform, you shave right beforehand. That's part of why if you're active duty like I was, we always made fun of them and called them weekend warriors because they didn't have to deal with the bullshit day well, in and day out. that is literally true. They are yes. warriors for the weekends only. Absolutely. And so, you know, active duty, you, you tend to give them a lot of shit because one, they're not doing the job full-time like you are. So whenever they're called in to back you up, they're probably going to do a shittier job. It doesn't mean they're incompetent. It just means they literally don't have to do that job full-time like you do. So they're probably not going to be as good at it. And two, just jealousy. My ass is getting fucked up day in, day out in the military, and you do this shit like you LARP. Uh, one week in a month. Great. That seems like a way better deal. I'm a little irritated that I got the shitty end of this. Do they look at you like you're stupid? Absolutely. They should. They should. You guys are very stupid. You should have taken the, the deal where you got to stay home, play video games, get your dick sucked. Part of the guard does this thing where they, they do that. They go like, yeah, you're just a dumbass. And the other part just of the guard's Jody's like... all day. The other part of the guard's like, no, we're just as real as you are. We're just, we're super badass military. And you're like, 
uh, I'm in the military. We're not badass. It's miserable. That's how I know you're not part of it because you think it's cool. It's a weird sort of in between. So them getting called in to do riot stuff is very funny because none of these people get training to do riot control. Just to be clear, no one in the military other than military police who are just the police. They're just cops. Uh, they're just bigger assholes and they get to send you to military prison. Like it's the same thing. It's just cops, but with military uniforms on. Outside the military police, no one in the military is getting fucking riot control training or how to deal with protesters. That's that's not a thing, right? Are these kids like 19 years old or something too? A lot of them are, yeah. So with guard, it's they tend to be a little bit older because guard's a stable thing. You do guard because you have like you get a full time job and you do the guard for the extra benefits and the extra pay. And if you hold on with guard long enough, you can even retire, which is nice. They're they're part time military. So these are just dudes who. Up until they got called in, they were just doing their normal job, which most of these guys, it's like a very generic mid-tier job within the region where it's like, oh yeah, I work at a car dealership or like I do administrative stuff at this fucking office. And then one day they went like, actually, you're going to go take care of these riots. All of those dudes were just like, wait, what now? Yeah, wait, I was worst case scenario here. I was supposed to be holding a riot shield someplace foreign, not, (laughs) not... I'm not supposed to be standing fully armored up in the same streets where I normally sexually harass women. (laughs) (laughs) These are, these aren't, you know, I'm supposed to be fighting them over there. So I don't have to fight the people that I'm trying to hit on using my uh, veterans discount at the Applebee's over here in Ocala, (laughs) Florida. It's also pulling everybody in the region, whether or not you're a desk job person. Like I was a meteorologist. Those dudes just had to deploy to deal with a riot. It's like, those motherfuckers don't have any idea what they're doing. Even their own leadership's just like, okay, I'm a, I've am taught you everything that I imagined from combat. <laughs> now, people are going to yell some unfriendly things, but remember to channel your Zen koas like like I instructed you. If, if you must wall run, do it, but realize the destructive force that your sonic boom will create. Anyway, I've never been to war. Good luck, guys. So none of them want to be there. They're not trained to do this. They just, they're bored and they want to go back to their regular life. So when you see them, if they're in your state, I would say probably be less afraid of them than police, honestly, because they are way less interested in fucking with you or existing in the same space if they can avoid it. They just want to go the fuck home. They have no interest in getting in a fight with you because guess what? In the military, you'll actually get punished for fucking stuff up. So We have actual justice controls and you will get demolished if you are caught on camera doing something fucked up. So those are people that you should be less afraid of. Still heckle them because it's a time-honored tradition. It's incredible that like if you're a police officer, you can look at like the the war crime history of the U.S. military and your takeaway is like, whew, damn, they got some goddamn accountability in that organization. So frustrating. Yeah, if you get caught drunk driving uh, in the U.S. military, like that can be a real headache with consequences. I got friends down in uh, Broward County where it, the joke is that the guys in the sheriff's office have never driven sober. Great. <laughs> Good for them. But the uh, the active duty thing where they brought them into D.C. and then they were talking about deploying them all over. Trump is still on this about trying to deploy them elsewhere. is so fucking deranged to me because active duty is a totally different beast. Guard, like I said, is a second job, right? A lot of the people that do that have a job. Like inherently, you're doing guard because you have something, but you want an additional something. Active duty is you have nothing. You're Most people are joining active duty because there's nothing else. You can't get out of your fucking town. You can't get a fucking job. You can't get fucking healthcare. You can't afford school. Like it is the jobs program, the national jobs program that most of us have to fucking deal with. It's yeah. the only option. For some of the active duty that would be deployed to DC, it would genuinely be their first trip to the big city (laughs) yes not an exaggeration that that would be for a lot of them so the idea that like you have been forced to join the military because you can't get a job you can't get out whatever you're desperate and this is what exists and then you deal with basic and you're just stuck in this grinding fucking hell deploying afghanistan iraq wars that by the way never seem to end but nobody cares about anymore and now they're like by the way you're gonna go to dc uh, and if any of those people look upset that we keep murdering uh, minorities or we keep just abusing the populace because it's a police state, you're going to fuck them up. No, that's insane. Like nobody wants to be there for that. You can see it. Every single video from DC2, you could see it on the faces. They were all miserable. 
it, it's, it was honestly like heartbreaking to watch. Like I just felt for him because that is not something you ever anticipate. You at least recognize at a certain point what amount of soul that you've sold, like what horrible things they're going to make you do in order to, to eke out a fucking bare minimum existence. But being paid 25, 30K a year, having to get food stamps, and then going to a rich city like DC, defending cops making 100K a year who get to beat people with no repercussions. Yeah, that's a bridge too far. Fuck that shit. The enlisted people being deployed to DC probably brought the median salary of DC down by half because that's how much less they get paid than fucking everyone else there. Everyone, every cop you see gets paid more than lower enlisted across the board with less culpability. Like, I mean, on the one hand, it, it kind of rules that a bunch of E2s are going to get a ribbon for essentially deploying to a Starbucks when <laughs> normally it's just the West Point grads that get that. Ooh, my veterans know what I'm talking about. <laughs> None of them want to be there. I can guarantee you that right now. Uh, I've, I talked to a bunch of veterans already this week. Uh, we've been bullshitting back and forth about it. Every single person was like, yeah, that would blow. I would fucking hate that duty. Then there was a split between like, yeah, I guess I'd do it anyway. And the fuck no, I'd kick and scream the whole way. But absolutely everyone was like, but I would never shoot at anybody in the crowd. Like if they wanted to burn stuff, I would just be like, please go away and push them. <laughs> they were like, I would never shoot though. Fuck that. I'll take prison, which again is what would happen to you in the military if they told you to shoot and you didn't is there's a good chance you'd go to Leavenworth, which isn't normal prison. It's military prison, uh, which is in Kansas, because why wouldn't you put it in the worst possible place? But yeah, they can't quit. If you're active duty, there's no like, oh, I've realized that the military is now being used as a fascist tool against uh, my own community. I don't want any part of this. Nope, you're stuck, motherfucker. Enlisted can't get out until their contract ends. There is like a small window in which you're allowed to escape, and that is it. Outside of that, they're fucking stuck. Cops can quit whenever they goddamn well please. See the one veteran uh, calling out to tighten up the formation? That Just, ruled. There was, what there was, was going on there? There was definitely like a former uh, boot instructor who found a group of... I couldn't, I couldn't tell if they were active guard or, or, active or guard. Uh, and he was giving them shit on tightening up their formation. And you could watch the process where they went from skeptical to like, you're used to hearing... Uh, a certain kind of person with a certain tone of voice telling you what to do. So you just start doing it. And so it took like two commands before they went like, yeah, that's that kind of guy. And just started following the order. It yeah, was hilarious. It's like, listen to your staff, Sergeant. Let's go. <laughs> tighten up this form. What the fuck is that? Tighten up. What is this gap? Tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. And you could just see him be like, oh, shit, I don't want to get all that. <laughs> uh, I, I felt for them, but that was an incredible moment. Uh, and I appreciate that dude who is definitely a veteran abusing the fuck out of what he knows to fuck with them. That kicked ass. So I have a lot of sympathy for them. And I would just say, like, if you're protesting against them, guard don't want to be there. And they're probably not a threat to you. Active duty, 100% do not want to be there. They're probably not a threat to you. Police are a massive threat. They love being there. This is their fucking Christmas. They're absolute psychopaths. It really is. For all that, like, I don't want us to try to do the, like, defend the military and make them sound good. They're not. Right, all criticisms of the military are largely valid. I just want you to know that people are there out of desperation. That said, we don't shoot medics. The cops do. We don't shoot fucking uh, the 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 uh, neutral observers. Cops do. Like we're not great, but if we at least can do some basic things, bare, look, the bar could not be lower, and they still can't fucking hurdle it. From like the American fascist perspective, Jade Helm has happened. The, the the race wars with like the boogaloo boys you know these like white supremacist yeah. militia guys that embed themselves in protests and then act as agent provo provocateurs to incite a police response and do all that sort of stuff their moment has come right the strong man literally deployed the military on the streets of dc like a fucking uh, kaiser cincinnatus hearts of iron four mod like it it happened and it's all just so weak dicked and sad <laughs> like the national guards there just like this sucks like why did i even fucking pay for xbox gold if i'm gonna be here <laughs> two weeks out of every month now the military is just sadly eating mres and much better apportioned office buildings in like the fancy district of dc the, the cops are just every single day getting owned or like having to buy cruel coordination of of circumstance and reality have to occasionally run a half mile and face plant against the asphalt like 
it's just really sad all around. The idea that, like, well, we could have another civil war. Who knows if a state secedes? The far right, you should see the videos of them where it's like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to get all of our tactical gear on, all of our assault rifles. We're going to go out, and we're going to line the, the the Black Lives Matter Antifa protest. We're going to let them know we're here. And it's like that fantasy included all of the gear and none of the basic quotidian second-to-second realities of standing in an 87-degree yard having to make eye contact with a black person. And you could see <laughs> as the march goes by, it's just like, oh, God. God, this is normally why I call the manager. <laughs> like, this is interminable. This I have to just sit here and I, I hope that they're being intimidated by this. Like the the response, the, the people where you go like, okay, what is the most extreme 10% of white supremacists so far? And I have no doubt that the violence that they'll cause will be the standard amount of horrifying. But for right now, it's like you see photos of them on top of Hobby Lobby and GameStop, like kitted out with sniper rifles. That's that was the response. I know that seems ridiculous, but that is that is an upper level extreme response. We've got fireworks going on in the background here. Um, that's the upper level response. That means someone had to sit down at their table and go. It's it finally happened. It's time. We need to defend our homeland. And they <laughs> they got their ammunition and their they got their guns and they went okay. Well. You know, the National Guard won't be everywhere, so where what strong points should we defend? This happened before they went there. Yeah. Some people had to sit there and go like, okay, well, we have the Starbucks, we have the GameStop, we have the Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, the Buffalo Wild Wings is closed because there's no football. Um, we could do the Starbucks. Well, I'm not allowed at the Starbucks. Okay, well, we won't do the Starbucks then. <laughs> well, I guess we'll go to the GameStop and do you have a ladder? I don't have a ladder. My friend has, okay, we'll get a ladder. Are we allowed to go? Well, Tim's a key holder at the, at the GameStop, but he doesn't talk to me anymore. Okay. Well then we can't, <laughs> why bring that up then? Okay. Okay. Well, I have the ladder. We'll do the ladder thing. And then they get up there and then they sit up there. And then that day, what's the shift that they're doing up there? Maybe three hours. Are they, did they call the local newspaper and go we can only be up here so long we have an umbrella but it's not tactical it looks embarrassing so can you please <laughs> can you please come take a photo of us and presumably the local media did and then they're like okay and that was a top 10 percent extremist response from the right I do. i'm not concerned anymore that there's some great violent whatever economic anxiety uh, the media has been talking about since 2016. It hasn't uh, induced anyone into more successfully running the mile. Uh, I, I'm not concerned. The, the the far right response has been like, well, that looks like work. What? Have... And I didn't sign up to do any work during this race war. I just thought that somebody else would take care of it or I could sit somewhere and they'd run at me while I shoot. I don't want to actually like move around. That seems difficult. I just... I... This is your moment, Nazis. Like I, I feel like there's a, a quantum universe where it's the same podcast and like Nazi Rob is just going like, I don't understand why God gave me this asymmetrical brain pan if I can't figure out that I got to go outside to do the race war. <laughs> God placed these eyes uh, disproportionate length from each other on the front of my head so I could have a higher field of vision. And right now, I don't see any of you out there. <laughs> this is your moment, and this is it's sad. It's just sad. I mean, on the plus side, it's looking about what you'd anticipate since most of them are over 60, right? It, it's a group of people who aren't going to go out to do things unless it's comfortable, unless we have an AstroTurf thing where we can go to the Capitol be angry for a little bit, get disproportionate media coverage, never actually be in any real danger, and then go home. But this shit where I might actually get punched in the face, yeah, it's not really worth it. I, I'm not going to deal with that. When you hear Tucker Carlson, it literally doesn't seem like it's real life. His broadcast is just like Antifa super soldiers r roaming through the city streets, vigilante justice. And that's like you just open your door and it's just absolutely fuck all nothing. 4chan tried doing one of their classic internet troll things by doing hashtag bald for BLM and we'll own 
the all these woke white women that won't sleep with us by getting a hashtag started that says you should shave your head uh, and, and destroy your westernized beauty in order to uh, please Black Lives Matter. And we'll we'll get it all going, and then we'll get all these dumb bitches to to shave their head. And they did that, and within like five minutes, it was just some of the sharpest choreo you've seen from Jungkook. <laughs> Every white supremacist one, even like the All Lives Matter now, is just Blue Lives Matter too. Yeah, yeah, it's all just K-pop stands, baby. E even the ones that are just like kneel together, it's like pff, I hope you like Red Velvet because you, <laughs> you got a fucking incoming. <laughs> uh, that part is rolled. Seeing all the K-pop fans, just, I'm right just about come swinging in. I'm, I am. Yeah, the, no, take another victory. I'm the here, Cassandra. Man. Yeah. Of takes. No one wants to hear it. Nobody cares. It doesn't affect anything. But I am right. And I have called many of these. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying for a while uh, that K-pop is good and K-pop stands are more organized and do more good than most leftists. And I think people thought I was sort of just like riffing or joking like uh, <laughs> Babs from uh, the Clout Grifters podcast. Real one. Soldier in the streets. Babs. Uh, asked me if like oh do, do you really like k-pop or is this just like a bit it's like no i really like it like the music is just absolutely meaningless pop designed to make your day better which like i'll take it uh it, it has all of the 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 built-in stuff that i used to get from sports like the nfl you know with like there's different draft picks and groups oh and now someone's with a different team and this label is <laughs> a, they're trying a new concept this time you know where they were going for like a, a candy pop thing now it's like a metal infused like it, it's all very delightful but one thing i've really enjoyed is uh just proof that the, the kids are better than us essentially because they i've said this forever they have realized their collective power now they have traditionally used it for like harassing ceos that don't give irene the correct line distribution and red velvet's comebacks uh, harassing ceos is great anyway well yeah no they get that they they, <laughs> they understand that the company's not your friend and they're getting in the way of a a better world right yeah. it's just they don't know who Karl marx is but they know that fucking john cook ha has the truth and they'd like to see more of that right <laughs> and so they've done a lot of stuff for you know charities they they don't like racism uh and that's something that especially with k-pop they experience a, a good amount so you know famously they'd go after land some famous landlord talked shit uh about korea and they all just ran him out of business so that's one more <laughs> landlord than all you like austin redguard larpers uh, have ever dealt with they're really delightful and i posted a little bit ago about how they were discovering a cab uh, and that was sort of tongue-in-cheek because, of course, they've been ACAB for a while because K-pop stands being anti-racist, K-pop stands being primarily young people from marginalized communities who are already wise to the oppression of POC. The fact that K-pop stands are under 25, uh, generally female or LGBT from the global south, <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're already good on the woke stuff. They don't need you... Uh, sending them PDFs of Ho Chi Minh to know that the police is not on their side and that the world is set up in opposition to their interests. Yep. And so this thread was like a really fascinating coming together of all the leftists that uh, have lots of ideas but never organize and a bunch of young people who are organizing all the time uh, but are doing it with better OPSEC too. Like, like <laughs> Anyway, uh, just a, a victory lap. The, the K-pop stands have used their digital presence to essentially spam fan cams on everything. It's been amazing. They, they know that the police are not their friends, and if you try any sort of whitewashed kneel together, you know what, there's a good reason for this. You know what, uh, uh, stronger with the blue line. They kill all that shit now. It's not even just the fans. BTS donated a million to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Uh, and they did it on the sly because they didn't want to broadcast it because they just went like, it's not about us. We just want to give the money. So each each K-pop group has their own uh, like nicknamed fan group. So twice or the onces, right? A BTS has ARMY and they're considered very annoying because ARMY doesn't consider themselves K-pop stands. They're a different sort of thing. <laughs> and, I, and that's very annoying, but I'm inclined to agree because I was talking to a BTS ARMY organizer over the last week. And it was, you have to respect them because they were aghast at the, the OPSEC of the left. 
Because a lot of people are just like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know you guys had these big networks and distributed channels of, of people that you, you tell them what time and what sort of activism to do, and then they do their shift and, and raise their money, and then that transfers over. You know, they keep... They keep uh, hashtags trending 24-7 because they'll have teams in each time zone that will have handoffs, you know? They're able to That's track. Incredible. They can track CEO movements because they have like subunits, and it's all organized using Signal and encrypted. And so when we were talking, they're just like, <laughs> "What do you guys on the left do?" And it's like mostly just talk on Discord about guillotines. They're like, "That sounds shitty. <laughs> y'all, y'all should go outside." And I was like, "You know what? You're right, Jim and Fan sixty nine. We should go outside. We have a lot to learn." Fucking seventeen year old in Malaysia coordinating efforts across all the continents, being like. Ooh, that's kind of pathetic, buddy. Yeah, so I don't want to hear word one ever again about how K-pop is is good or bad uh, because regardless of that, they're doing things, they're taking actions which are synonymous with the sorts of realities U.S. leftists would like to see to come to pass. And to, to quote someone from the, the thread here, so, so on... On people being surprised about uh, K-pop's activism and general uh, leftist push. As an army, this isn't something surprising. We've been allies and activists for a lot of things as a fandom. Locals just couldn't see it past their bias against us, which is founded on prejudice based on our preferences in music. That's unfair and idiotic on their part. And I have to say... (laughs) uh, Terror SOS1 GJT BTS7. You make a good point there and welcome aboard. (laughs) <laughs> somebody somebody commented uh literally the guillotine shouter said i never thought uh i'd die standing side by side with a k-pop stan and somebody said how about standing side by side with a comrade with a photo of jim <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank thanks for the k-pop warriors uh holding the digital front against libs and normies <laughs> <laughs> you're doing amazing work them furries juggalos it's the unholy union yeah it's almost like uh young people have been marginalized are inherently opposed to a police state and oppressive middle-aged white men on a power trip like yeah no shit makes sense i I think the young people are just realizing and like talk about like police being bad at pr they spend so much on pr and then this is what they do it's like PR with cops is like all their tactical gear. Like they spend an immense amount of money on it. And then as soon as they take it out, they just fall directly on their fucking face because they, they don't actually know how to carry it. Yeah. And I think the amount of people just like a New York times and brunch reader type people who are seeing that the cops are a extremely violent and B just the, the biggest dipshits ever is, is heartening. It really feels like that's breaking through. Uh, One of them's I, name is Joey fucking Baloney. Like, that, this is who our cops are in New York. It's not inspiring. I'll put it that way. And I, I in, in my life, have been uh, blessed to have a lot of interactions uh, with the, the police. And, and actually, fun fact, we were talking about this the other day, me and Brett. I forgot about it entirely. I think Brett did, too. <laughs> like, I was very, I was almost a, a police officer for a minute there. Yeah, this is when I was forced to enlist. Rob was... Uh, well, basically homeless in New Orleans for a while, right? Yeah, no, no, basically. It was it was some tough times. Uh, yeah, I mean, this podcast has always been, the listeners know, there's a lot of people have been listening recently. You know, there's new listeners you may not know. This is obviously uh, top 25. Well, we break into the top 25 in terms of CIA podcasts, but <laughs> what if it's also a crypto cop podcast? So this is like years <laughs> ago. Bear with me. It was during swine flu so it was not a pandemic or maybe it was an end i don't know there was an outbreak in the southwest united states sort of the texas border with mexico and then louisiana so there was this big outbreak of swine flu and i got it because i was in new orleans going to law school my plan was to i wanted to be a orleans parish public defender and then maybe eventually become a criminal defense attorney, like privately. And I wanted to wear seersucker and drink sweet tea and get real fat. That and, I remember. And just speak in a drowl and be like, now <laughs> when the men's ray and just never say <laughs> sentences. It doesn't matter. It's me and the judge are on the same racist golf team slash uh, Mardi Gras float. And that's how justice gets done down there. 
Uh, fun fact, if you go to a New Orleans <laughs> law school, you have to choose whether you go default American common law or Napoleonic code because there's actually an idiosyncratic... Wait, uh, really? Yeah, there's an idiosyncratic <laughs> legal system that's Louisiana-specific. That I did, yeah. The idea is most of the people at Tulane mm -hmm. uh, will go common law and then return to like New York and Michigan right. and be corporate lawyers or whatever. But if you really want to stay in Louisiana, you have a massive home field advantage because no one else in other states studies for Napoleonic code. <laughs> the fuck would? Yeah. Yeah. So actually the, the local not so high ranked law schools, they, they find a niche just doing the Napoleonic stuff and they all just old boys network, get jobs. It's interesting, right? Now I am trying to be a public defender you know, I understood the legal system was fucked up, and I also like to get paid at some point. My yeah. my ideology isn't amazing back then. I'm like in my early twenties or whatever, and so like yeah, seersucker, that'd be pretty cool. Help some people out, great. And uh, that's some like real hard work. I think they made a movie eventually about the public defenders of New Orleans, and they're like, there's some real dudes. Yeah, right. That's a real grinding. life commitment, right? Uh, I was already on board before the movie, so I'm I'm committed to this stuff. I chose uh, New Orleans over better schools because, like, yeah, this is the life I want to lead, right? Yeah. And I go there, and I immediately get swine flu, and that sucks. It's the worst I've ever been sick. It was truly terrible. I was hallucinating. The CDC sent like reps out to talk to me. They identified the doorknob where the outbreak occurred. It was a whole Jesus. mess. And so I got deferred. I had to defer a year of law school. Right. Well, like, yeah, you're not going to sit for the exams. You've missed too, many, too much time. Uh, just start over next year. So I just had this dead year. At the same time, uh, the NOPD, the New Orleans Police Department, was so corrupt, if you can imagine, that the DOJ had to come in and just clean house. Yeah. They had to fire everyone. I think it was Ronald or Roel Serpice was the guy that they nominated to replace the chief. All the like the high brass got knocked down, like demoted two or three levels down to like lieutenant. So like you can stay, but you're gonna have to actually do, work do police again, yeah. work and not have a say. So get ready. Uh, not that it made NOPD any better now, right? No. But basically, they wiped out NOPD ground up when rebuild this thing to something proper that'll serve the community. Now this rebuild is happening right as I am suddenly dropped from law school with a year to kill. And they're on their recruiting effort, more from the community, you know, short term, you could be in there two years, three years and out. So, so I get the idea like, okay, well, I have a year where I'm doing nothing. Why don't I, that's already like half the term or a third of the term or something. That's a big chunk. Why don't I spend this year I have off instead of deferring one year law school, I'll defer two years of law school and then I'll go to NOPD I'll be like a, a normal police officer inside on this rebuild for two years, then bail. It's not like NYPD where you make a hundred grand and there's free over. Like it sucks working for NOPD. <laughs> yeah. Like you still get paid nothing like everyone else. So I'll, I'll go in there. I'll see the inside. Then I'll hop back to law school. Right now when I'm going for my criminal law clinics and stuff, I'll actually have an immense leg up. I'm going to hit the public defenders having been a former cop. This is going to be like a, a fucking HBO prestige television series right here <laughs> i'm gonna wreck them in court and i'm gonna i'm gonna just, i'm like the michael clayton of the south i'm seersucker <laughs> michael clayton this is gonna be so brilliant and i'm telling my dad this and he's like i'm not sure this is really the career path for you son i remember he pitched it to me too and i was like i don't know and you were like well you joined the fucking military and i was like touche that is true <laughs> really can't say shit to me <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I mean, worst case scenario, I just, I go down this route and I'm like, this shit sucks too much, but let's see, let's see what it's about. So I, I entered the training pipeline and yeah, it's really fucking dumb. So I, I remember there was a, a physical fitness test. So everyone had to like, you know, put, put on your, you put on a little like NOPD shorts or whatever. And, and you went out there uh, and, and. We had as our like drill instructor, because this was even years ago, this was the big push towards militarizing yeah. police forces, not yeah, just yeah. in terms of the supply and the materiel, but in terms of the training. You know, here in New York, the FDNY uses militarized boot camp style training uh, to instill order and respect tradition, all that bullshit 
right? But this was the same sort of idea. So even as they are cleaning house, they are instilling, you know, Paris Island style training. So we get there, you get your shorts on or whatever, and everything seems like, ooh, this is a bit, this is a bit serious, isn't it? Except once you start doing it, it's like, okay, on the ground, sit-ups, crunches, 25. <laughs> and I knew going in it would be 25, but I assumed that this is one of those like, uh-huh, because for operational security reasons, they can't tell you about the real test that happens, you know? <laughs> it's like SEER training, S-E-R-E. Like, they can't tell you what really goes on or the training would be compromised. No, it is just 25 sit-ups. And this giant Jesus. jack, just like shaved head, like uh, staff sergeant looking dude, just disappointedly has to tell the new crop of uh, New Orleans locals that they have to get down and do 25 crunches. Uh, and so people start getting down to do it. It's like, nope, not yet. Not it. Each person has to have a proctor with them to count the amount. It's not even that we had to drop and do 25. It's like, we don't want you to burn out before the proctor. <laughs> so we get down there and they let your partner hold your knees for you. And you just pull up 25 and he's like, yep, that that's it. Now, now push-ups, I think it was like literally 10. Could you do Jeez. 10 push-ups? Very generously graded. And then they took that, us. By the way, is just military PT tests, but like 25% of what we have to do. Yeah, it was not inspiring. There were people that washed <laughs> out at that point. Oh, yeah. And then they took us out to, you know, a, a we, we got in these vans, right? We're all like, this is cool. We're in the back of a police van. And, and like, oh, they with the sirens on. We went out to, like, City Park. And there's, like, a big track and field oval. And it's like, now it's getting real. We're all on one side of the, the track. And there's someone, you know, down at the other end you know, with a starter pistol or with a flag or whatever it was. And... They're like, all right, you have 90 seconds to complete. And I'm already in my head like, okay, 90 seconds. So if you break that down into, you know, a, a quarter, that's like, so I, I have, you know, what was that? Like 20 sec, 20, 40, 60. I've got like 20 seconds around each corner. If they, we need one full loop in 90 seconds, could you do each corner of a loop in 20 seconds? I think I can do that. And he's like, you have 90 seconds to run this what, 150 meter. It was just from, it was, it was half of one track loop you had to run in under 90 seconds, which seemed ridiculous, <laughs> except for the fact that three people fell out and one woman tripped and hit her face and had to be medevaced. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the actual physical test was simply, uh, can, can you just run from here to there? Just, you see where I'm standing? You see where she, can you get there in a minute and a half? That was it. <laughs> if you could do 25. A brisk jog. If you could do 25 held crunches, 10 push-ups, and just, just run from here to, just run from here to there, to that person over there without falling, you were, you had achieved the physical <laughs> requirements for it. So after that, I was feeling quite good. Um, but it's still a little worried because you had to take a written test and the written test is on a lot of different things. Like you have to know how to, uh, fill out a report. So it'll say like, it'll give you a paragraph of information and then there'll be a, a practice thing, uh, a, a practice page. And it'll say, uh, which box do you put in the gender of the suspect? And you have to look at the thing and say suspects, uh, male, and then look at the form and where it says box 14 gender, that would be where you'd put. So if you were taking the test now, you would have got that one right if you put male in box 14. <laughs> there was a lot of that. Um, there was a photo and spatial recall. So on the overhead projector, this is a big, like, it's like the, the LSATs or something. Like it, everyone's at little desks with pencils and stuff, and yeah. there's little booklets pre made. And they would, an overhead projector would put up a picture of like a New Orleans street and you'd have, you know, 60 seconds to look at it, you know, and you could take notes and that sort of thing. And I'm just like, okay, uh, where are we? We're the rampart, rampart and, and canal. Okay. So that's what that's. So, okay. So we're in the seventh ward. Uh, it looks like we're, we're facing, maybe we're facing Northwest. Okay. The sign is, is, is red. It's faded a little bit in the, in the sun. There's a pink ribbon tied to sort of the grating holding up the stop sign. Okay. How many people do we, do we have in it? I'm doing all that. And then they click. Okay. And the proctor would, would go, 
in the photo, Rampart Street, was there a stop sign? If yes, select A. <laughs> if no, select B. <laughs> and then he'd pause, and then he'd go. I remember this is a big, tall Irish guy, because it, it always is. Of course. Right? Big, tall Irish guy, uh, just hat by his side, just disappointed to be there. Somehow he survived the Great Purge, and he's there, <laughs> and he I'll never forget it. He goes, was there a stop sign in the photo? If yes, select A. <laughs> if no, select B. And you would look over and people would just be like, is he giving us it? And the test was if you could figure out that <laughs> that dumb Irish dipshit was feeding you the answers to was there a sign? That was the tier. <laughs> the, the thing I was most nervous about is they tell you explicitly before the written thing, know all of the like NOPD call signs or like the radio codes or whatever. You know, the chatter over the radio, oh, 26 code five, uh, blue third avenue, blah, blah, blah. and you could learn that. You had to learn that ahead of time for this test. Right. And so I took, you know, that's a good night. I'll be honest. It wasn't easy. There's a lot of different codes. You know, oh, what is a 63? Okay, that means a robbery in progress. What's a 63W? You know, might be with a weapon, W weapon. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sort of thing. And so I learned all that, and, and then I went to the to take this test with the, all the difficult sign questions, right? In the same way, there's the visual side where you have to notice the, remember and report the details. There was a visual, or there was an audio side. So you would hear a radio report about, about a code whatever, and you would have to transcribe to your page what the details were. Right. You know, it seems like it could be difficult, yeah, yeah. especially you're trying to recall like, fuck, 67. Like this is a real, could you learn the code in a short enough time right. to then come to the day of and execute? That kind of models yeah, be a real test. The, the behavior. That was not what they were doing. Because <laughs> when I got there, they had all of the list of the codes on the PDF that I studied from in front of each person. <laughs> so all so you had to do is they would they would say something like uh, Officer 2467B Northwest Rampart, possible 93 copy. The guy would play that, and then you would just look at your paper and go uh, 67B, uh, oh, that's 67 is theft, B is bicycle, oh, it's a theft of bicycle. Got it. And then you would mark, it's a theft of bicycle on this, on this problem, <laughs> right? I, th I thought like, oh, this will be a real challenge trying to remember that and, and recall that, and now you've sort of, you've nullified the whole challenge by having... The, the paper here, I was upset. I was like, why did you tell me to do that? And I looked over at the other would-be officers just like sweating and like <laughs> punching their desk because <laughs> even with the PDF, they couldn't listen and, and find it and write it down quickly enough. They were telling you, study ahead of time because we know you don't have the reading comprehension to hear it oh and God. translate off the page in front. For context, I had a bio final at Florida State University uh, it's mostly about dinosaurs for whatever reason. And they put the, the outline next to the testing computer in every cubicle. Something like 90% of people were able to pass that. You could smell the perspiration in that NOPD <laughs> testing center during that whole bit. The Irish guy was like plaintive. He's like, I, look, all I can do is press it. Okay, listen carefully. <laughs> the first time, he's giving us to, the first time, listen for one part, get that down. And people are like, I don't know. He's like, I know, we've all been there. Oh my God. Just the dumbest shit. He's like, I'll play it two more times. <laughs> My the entire time I was in the military, I thought that there was no bar to be enlisted, and then I found out there is a bar, and the only people who don't manage to get over it are cops. It was amazing. Uh, I, I remember just at, at each phase how disappointed the remaining police were, that, and that was like this was full on. Like I had to get polygraphed for that. I had to do an oral board. They find out how many slurs you know. Is is just <laughs> I passed. I passed both of them, which like I don't. I, I let, for, let me first say that that polygraph was not exactly like CSI, <laughs> uh, and that 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 oral board. I just remember that like it was all. If you get nervous for that, that it was all questions like, well, let's say you find someone who is uh, on the street agitated and they have unkind things to say about you and your job. And it's just like this. 
this is just what normal people deal with every single day. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I would uh, resolutely continue on with my duties to serve the people. They're like, this this guy's some sort of genius. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know, uh, New Orleans Police Department is looking to have a more diverse department uh, and bringing in uh, officers are more representative of the community. Uh, how do you feel you would uh, fit in there? I'm like, well, you, you know, it's uh, as a New Orleanian myself, it's my city too. And they're like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my You're God. hired. <laughs> but you weren't though. No, because then a, a world recession uh, happened. Yeah, just a pandemic prompting it, a recession killing it, and then a... Uh, I decided to get the fuck out of there and go to New York, get a job, go to school, do all that stuff instead of uh, sitting back there. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure there's some quantum world where I am seersucker guy. Yeah, that was, that was eye-opening. I totally forgot about that whole phase of my life, but re really wasn't inspiring back then. Can't imagine it's any better now. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, though. I just remember that being just, that was a real weird stretch for me in my life. I had just finished basic, and then they were trying to teach me how to do weather in fucking Mississippi. It was a weird stretch, so I had forgotten about most of that. <laughs> yeah, nice enough guys, but it just showed me that, like, A, this is not a, a very professional force, and, <laughs> and B, it's like, yeah, you, you can, like, riff and be a nice guy and then still be a, a part of something that is an incredibly pernicious and predatory stain on the social fabric of our society which is these out of control police departments i actually think that's the thing that liberals always have trouble with is they'll meet them and they'll be like how is this person capable of like talking and riffing with me in this like neutral setting and then go out and do terrible things it's like yeah you're not one-dimensional humans are not one-dimensional that's how it was in the military too people who i'm a white dude perfectly capable of being pleasant with me or turn around and say and do the most horrific shit to women afterwards. And it's like, yeah, that's who they are. They are capable of doing both of those things and you judge them for the evils that they do. Like that's how that works. Those actions are evil. There's a, there's a concept called ethical fading, which comes up a lot and it's people want to be good, but there's so many dimensions to being good that the ones that pop out and appear salient to you uh, maybe at the expense of others, right? Yeah. So, like, when I was in there with those NOPD guys, like, good riffers, like, it, the drill instructor type thing. Like, I'm yep. here to make you work, but my God, if you're not the biggest dipshit, what a fucking relief, you know? Yeah. Free, look, I'm just saying, got extra free cans of Coke. <laughs> I think I <laughs> think I made my way pretty well there. But, like, those guys, even seeing how lame their recruits are and how just the biggest dumbasses all of their coworkers are when they push someone over and their skull cracks, but you have two ethical poles. One is, Oh my God, I may have just killed that 75 year old man. I need to help him. That's a very ethical action to take, like yeah. help the hurt. Another ethical action is looking out for your guys, your boys, your own, making sure that the people close to you don't come to harm. And, when you know that this is just a big dummy who, look, he's never going to figure it out. He's doing his best. He's overwhelmed. And, you know, he, uh, I don't think he was right to push that 75-year-old man, but I got I to gotta look out for him. And that's the right thing to do, too. You know, it's just like being in the military. You just got to look out for the guys in the foxhole next to you, and that's noble. You are faced with those two ethical choices, and the problem with the police department is systematic forces make the water flow towards the one where you're stepping over a senior citizen whose head is splayed. Hey, the problem is they have created a situation which you are always choosing protect the boys every single time without fail. And they've created a scenario in which they are always under attack. So the only people that will ever get your back are also your boys. W would you consider it an ethical thing to not help out your boys when they're in need? It's that thing. You just always go back to the, the ethical dimension that allows you yeah. to be the hero. I mean, again, it's literally the mafia. They're literally the mafia. It's this exact yeah. same thing. We're, we're a part of this family. You would never betray your family. Why would you do that? We're the only people who watch out for each other. Nobody else is going to take care of you. They're straight up the mafia. They've been fucking threatening mayors everywhere. The, the, the LAPD keeps doing this thing where they're like, I don't know, that Mayor Carcetti, he seems a little mentally unstable. We might have to send a counselor out there, maybe, maybe put him away for his own good, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying they're... 
They're just doing full on mob threats. And everybody's just like, yeah, that's how the police are. Like, what the fuck? That's where we're at now. And it's nice to see that that is percolating outside of just minority oppressed communities and people who have had terrible runs of the police. Everybody else is starting to realize that as well, which that is a good thing. Uh, it's a shame it took this fucking long. But, you know, regardless of how long it's taken, forward momentum is here. So keep pushing, keep pressing. Just go outside. Yep. That is the main advice here. Go outside, do a thing. The game of chicken that you're playing with the far right is really just like, well, how long will you stay outside? And chances are they'll get sunburnt before you will. So easy money. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. It's been Brett Real Sport, Rob at Dumb and Awful. Show account is at Dumb Awful Show. Uh, hop in the Discord. Check out back episodes on Patreon. Uh, we just released our quarterly sort of earnings thing that we do every quarter where all the, the amount of money that we got from Patreon and where it goes. So you guys have some sense of what's going on. We're big fans of financial transparency, especially if you're taking money from the public, which is what Patreon is. Uh, we like showing you guys where it goes. So that's up as well for quarter two. So March, excuse me, April, May, June. And if you want to help us out some other way, rate and review on iTunes because, you know, algorithm is what it is. Yeah, thanks for listening, y'all.